0: Today we're discussing page 40 of The Weird Weird West. Today continues chapter 23. You will recall vividly from last time, especially if you went to the visual companion and looked at the illustration over at patreon.com/megadumcast, our heroes had entered Napoleon's camp, perhaps disguised as Napoleonic soldiers, perhaps by stealth, perhaps by just walking in and asking to talk to Napoleon, and they were now on the verge of playing chess. But first, the niceties. After the heroes are led into Napoleon's planning tent, they see him sitting there with a chessboard, and Napoleon naturally wants to know who these weirdos are. He says, quote, I do not recognize you as one of my enemies, but perhaps their strategy has turned to deception. Strategy. That is the key to war. Always respect someone who knows his strategy. So that's three uses of the word strategy in as many sentences. This, along with the chessboard on the table, should be enough to convey to the players... Every general has a kink, and Napoleon's kink is strategy. This is how you're going to get him on the team. From there, it's the usual thing. You get a diplomacy point if you explain to Napoleon what's going on. There are these rubber monsters. They are rubber lizard monsters. These rubber lizard monsters have a bomb, and they're planning to set it off in the mountains and kill everyone. That gets you a diplomacy point. If you explain that if you beat the rubber lizard monsters, you may just be able to get everyone to their respective homes, that gets you another diplomacy point. But that's about as far as it goes. Napoleon is skeptical, like Genghis Khan, he has never heard of the Krozar up to this point, perplexingly, since the Krozar sure know an awful lot about him, and his camp is tiny and weak, and he is flanked by enemies, so it's it's kind of shocking the Krozar haven't just steamrolled this camp already. And also, like, there's a random encounter chart. I mean, our heroes, the Fords, Furies, Slash, Gunslingers mashup team, they just came from the desert outside Napoleon's camp, and they'll know, like, about every 16 hours you spend out there, you run into Krozar which doesn't seem like that often, but, you know, Napoleon's got over a hundred people here wandering out in the field looking for food, gathering water at all times. Every time he sends people out of the camp, within an hour or two, somebody should run into Crozar. But maybe they're ducking him. I don't know. In any case, he doesn't yet believe in rubber lizard monsters. What he does believe in is chess. Quote, one way in which the heroes can gain Napoleon's respect is to try to demonstrate their strategic skills by challenging him to a game of chess. The emperor will gladly accept the challenge, even if the heroes are prisoners. We are not prisoners, We beat up some soldiers and stole their uniforms and snuck in and have therefore been greeted as honored guests. Now, I think it would be impossible at this stage for players not to realize that the way to get diplomacy points is to play Napoleon at chess. That's the good news for our heroes. The bad news for our heroes is that they are uniformly not that bright. Cub Scout has a reason of typical. Smart for a wolf, smart for a boy. But for a wolf boy man, which is what Cub Scout is, only average. Scoop, meanwhile, has a reason of poor so she's no help. That leaves us with the gunslingers, two-gun kid who has a reason of typical. It is canon that he was once a lawyer, but not necessarily a good one. And the rawhide kid who also has a reason of typical. I know what you're thinking. It takes intelligence to realize that the white hat and the white gloves and the navy blue outfit are going to come together. That doesn't just happen by accident, but that's emotional intelligence. That's fashion IQ that is not helpful for chess. Other than scoop, everybody here pretty much has equal chances of success. I feel like maybe two-gun kid would be the one here who most thinks of himself as an intellectual. So, in a wonderfully comic booky scene, Two-Gun Kid is going to sit down, domino mask and all, and play chess with Napoleon. Quote, you can simulate the chess game in two ways. First, if you have the time and necessary components, you can get out a chessboard, set up the pieces, and actually play the game. In order to save time and reflect the skill of the characters that are playing the match in addition to the skill of the players, you'll have to change the rules a bit. Once the pieces are set up, have one of the heroes, their choice, make a typical intensity reason feat roll while you make an identical roll for Napoleon. Whoever receives a better result on the roll gets to make the first move. If both receive the same result, whoever rolled higher on the dice gets the first move. Once the appropriate player has made his or her move, the hero and Napoleon must make their feat rolls all over again in order to see who gets the second move. Keep repeating this procedure until the game is over. Thus, it is possible for one side to move several times before the opponent gets to move once. Now, I don't play chess. I know the rules of chess, but I don't play chess, and I have only the most rudimentary chess knowledge. Fortunately, for podcasting purposes, this is not chess. As I understand it, there are no combos in chess. Here, there are combos. If you keep making your reason rolls and getting better results than your opponent, you just get to keep moving pieces. The result is that in addition to relying upon player skill here, yet again, first logic, then a history quiz, then mental math, now we've got to actually play goddamn chess, there's also very likely to be an absolute rout here on the chessboard if you don't have any characters with over-typical intelligence. Because if you've got typical intelligence, you need a yellow result to succeed at all on these reason rolls. You already have only a 20% chance then of succeeding at all on any given turn. But it's not enough to succeed. You have to get a better result than Napoleon, who's rolling with an excellent reason. So he's going to roll a success 60% of the time as compared to your 20%. And there are also three possible results on percentile, 95, 96, and 97, where even if you roll higher than him in that range, that's still a red result for him and only a yellow result for you, so he still wins. So all things considered, if you've got a typical reason, Napoleon is just going to continue taking chess move after chess move as you helplessly lose piece after piece, raising the deep philosophical question of what is worse during a role-playing session, playing chess or sitting down at a chess board and not being allowed to play chess. There is an alternative here. If you don't want to set out the chessboard, you can just have Napoleon and one of the players m- both make typical intensity reason feats, and whoever does better on the roll succeeds. Obviously, this is a better idea, just in terms of like not having between three and four of the four players just sit and do nothing while chess pieces move on a board, uh, but it also matters a lot for karma expenditure. As it happens, our heroes here are visiting Napoleon first. They may not have played through another general's camp, but again, that's a contrivance for the podcast generally speaking, Napoleon would not be the first person you visit. Typically, you'd start at one of the ends of the river and then sweep through. So, likely, the players here will have dealt with one of the generals before, and they'll know that at the end, if you don't have enough diplomacy points, you get to buy them at a rate of 10 karma per, which can get very pricey, but not as pricey as attempting to beat Napoleon at chess with a low intelligence character. If Two-Gun Kid were to spend enough karma on his chess rolls to be able to move and actually play chess against Napoleon on something like even footing, he could easily end up spending 50 plus karma. So if the players have been through all this shit before, they're just going to say, fuck it, like, if I'm going to spend 50 karma, I'll spit in Napoleon's face, stomp on his feet, lose all my diplomacy points, and then just spend 50 karma to make him my friend, right? Like, if I'm going to pay for it, let me get the full value, rather than spending 50 karma and still having to win a chess game, not to mention having to play a chess game, not to mention the other three players in this role-playing game having to sit and watch a chess game. Anyway, two-gun kids got no realistic chance here, but the good news is, you get one diplomacy point just for challenging Napoleon. If you beat him, then you get an additional point. That's very possibly not enough total diplomacy points to get Napoleon on your side, but fortunately, his people are starving. Quote, By now, it is fairly likely that the heroes have picked up the rumors of the huge food supply in Dodge City while out-roaming the countryside. If so, they might offer to help Napoleon by traveling to the city and recovering the food. Remember how desperate Napoleon and his men are for supplies. If the heroes inform the Emperor of the stockpiled supplies and offer to help, Napoleon will lend them five men and a supply wagon for an expedition to the city. Anyway, between offering to get food, getting food, playing chess, etc., etc., you should be able to easily get five diplomacy points with Napoleon, and it points out, if you don't, you can just leave the camp, go do something else, and come back later when you've got a better idea. Bring a different character. Napoleon doesn't have the men or the will to keep you here, so you can come and go as you please. Once you do have the five diplomacy points, he agrees to join your alliance and it's time to go schmooze the other generals, unless you already have, in which case it's time to get these three big brains together and plan your assault on the rubber lizards. Join me next time as history's greatest generals finally sit down at the same table and hammer out the brilliant strategy we've all been waiting for on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top-secret, patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kola. Whose work you can find at Kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening.